Pirate Talk, where we talk about things and stuff as friends. Yeah. Is that the the guy with the beanie, like massive, like the shoulders up to here? <laughs> I was going for Macho Man Randy Savage in uh, spy- the original <laughs> Tobey Maguire Spider Man. I got you for three whole minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going nowhere. <laughs> well, we hope we, we have you for more than three whole minutes. Otherwise, we're not doing our jobs. Because, honestly, let's be real. This is a job. <laughs> as point, uh, it's as James as James Petragallo points out, I did not get a lot of sleep today. So, <laughs> sleep anyway, is for the week and those that desire that desire to have jobs during the daytime. And we are still not talking about Bring Me the Horizon. But we are talking an artist today. Oh, I'll make you talk about Bring Me the Horizon. I'm talking about them this episode. <laughs> wasn't, that our, wasn't that our homework? To listen to their entire discography twice? Uh, no, and I listened to this band's discography like four times. Dude, I listened to music to sleep by, to love by, to live by, to eat by, to blah 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 by like three times. We actually have a Grammy Grammy winning band this time round. August Burns Red and Trivium were nominated. I'm angry August Burns Red doesn't have one, but I I also <laughs> feel like Trivium should have one just based on popularity. But this isn't even an argument. This band is pop- more, po- way more popular than both those bands. We're talking about Linkin Park. I have four pages of notes, so I'm going to blitz through that. No pun intended. Sorry, Blitz. I'm Blitzbear, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, he's Blitzbear. He's Nate. I'm Polar Bear. I'm Sam Montano. And I'm Panda Bear. I'm Sam Oceans. And I am your DJ for this evening. So, Linkin Park was formed in 1996. They were formed in Agora Hills, California by high school friends Mike Shinoda, Brad Delson, and I believe Rob Borden was the other original? He was, yeah. Shinoda, Borden, and Delson were the three original members of Linkin Park. The current final lineup, even though I'll get to some news at the end of the episode, includes Chester Bennington, R.I.P., Joe Hahn, and bassist Dave Phoenix Farrell. And I'll get to the one they joined and stuff in a minute here. As I mentioned, we have a Grammy winning band. They've actually won twice, among a bunch of other awards, which include a, they are two-time Billboard Music Award winners, four-time MTV Music Award winners, ten-time MTV Europe Award winners, and three-time World Music winners. And they've sold 100 million records up to this point. Wow. 100 million, you said? Oh, yeah. That's like a lot, right? That is a crap ton. <laughs> I think they're the first band that we're going to talk about that has a Diamond Certified album. In 2003, Linkin Park was named the sixth best band of the music video era and third best of the new millennium. Oh. Billboard ranked them number <laughs> who, 19. Who were the Who were the first two? I have no idea. I didn't research that much because okay. I have so many notes on Mariah this band. Mariah Carey like, and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Respectively. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's... Is that is that uh, real? No. I don't know. Okay. No, I'm Nate, did you hear it. the voice I used? Well, yeah, I know, but I don't know. <laughs> I just, I know how much you like to talk in voices. I've I've adopted this voice for when old people say things that I think are funny. It sounds a little bit like Kermit, Amy says, but I'll be like, I was more scared than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Bigfoot. <laughs> Billboard ranked Lincoln Park number 19 of the best of the decade. 2014, Kerrang! magazine declared Lincoln Park the biggest rock band at the world in the world at the time. Originally, they were called Zero. 
spelled X-E-R-O, after recruiting Johan and Dave Phoenix Farrell. The original singer was Mark Wakefield. Him and Dave Farrell left the band in 99 after limited success of the band. Oof. And then in 99, that's when they recruited Chester Bennington. Oh, I bet they've been and kicking the themselves ever changed. since. And they changed their name to Hybrid Theory. If you didn't know that, their first album was originally the name of the band. I, I absolutely that. knew that. After signing their first record deal with Warner Brothers, they once again changed their name to Lincoln Park to pay homage to Santa Monica's Lincoln Park, named after the president, not how they spell it. And the reason they spell it that way is so that they could acquire, acquire the internet domain LincolnPark.com. They, they spelled it that way because they're crunk. They spelled it that way so they could have a <laughs> website that had their name in it. Dang it, somebody <laughs> already has Lincoln Park. What if we're Lincoln Park? That's you pretty know? genius. I, I bet you that led, back in the day, that probably led to a lot of really confused kids. <laughs> yeah. And then in 2000, Dave Farrell rejoined as the bassist of Lincoln Park, and their lineup's been the same ever since, which a lot of bands can't say. They've had the same core group for a long time. That's a yeah, especially deal. not Trivium. Going through drummers like Floss. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This band has had a lot of collaborations, which include the likes of Jay-Z, Rakim, Stormzy, Kiara, Paul McCartney, Busta Rhymes, Paige Hamilton from the band Helmet, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, Darian Malakian of System of a Down, and Steve Aoki. The Steve Aoki one's fire. I also like the Storm Stormies? Storms? Whatever. Yeah. I like I like British rap. As for Linkin Park's albums, they put out seven albums. Hybrid Theory, Meteora, Minutes to Midnight, A Thousand Suns, Living Things, The Hunting Party, and One More Light. Apparently, they have a project of the works. They've been on hiatus since the unfortunate passing of Chester Bennington, which honestly hit everybody pretty hard. I don't mm. care who you are, that hit that one hit you. It was like Robin Williams 2.0, felt like. Agreed. Yeah, that one was rough. As of April of this year, the bassist Dave Farrell revealed the band is working on new music. Whether or not they release it as Linkin Park is a whole other deal. I don't think they should. I don't think they should. Agreed. I think they are, they're going to have a new identity moving forward. I almost... And I don't, and I don't think it's going to sound nearly the same because Chester was their rock guy. Not saying that the instrumental guys aren't rock guys, but Mike Shinoda and Joe Hahn lean towards more of the electronic yeah. stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Lincoln we'll Park see. is the band that I learned to do screams to. Oh wow, it's a good one. I have trouble with his. His, his he, the, it's just the amount of time he got. They're they're wildly high, too. There, Which, his, that's not a problem for me. It's the amount of time he holds them out for. That's the problem. His screams are so real, though. They're like, they're so raw. There's not like that metal sound to them or like any kind of pretty technique. It's just his voice, man. I might be jumping the shark a little bit in saying this, but I honestly feel like he is maybe the best vocalist I've ever heard in any genre of music. He is definitely top five for me. I've never seen them live, but just watching their live shows, everything from their performance to the way their tech team records it is like flawless. When he misses a note, it's not like, ooh, got a little pitchy there. It's like, holy crap, he's not backtracking this. He's actually doing that. Just the way he can go from clean singing to like that scream, it doesn't sound like he's going from singing to screaming. It's just... 
It's flawless, man. I think in that regard, going from clean to scream, him and Jeremy McKinnon of A Day to Remember are like top two. Yeah, but Chester, I don't remember him ever having a phase where I was like, eh. But Jeremy McKinnon, I remember days when he first started doing screams, and I was like, eh. McKinnon's put out some, well, eh, forget his screams. McKinnon's cleans have not always been good. He's gotten Oh, no, better. yeah, no, he's, he's not nearly on the same level as Chester. But that's the thing, it's not even just Chester, but this whole band started good. Like, they yeah. never went through a growth stage. It was like they came out and they just, it was like, bam, flawless album. This this is one of those bands that starts out real good and they just evolve. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is yeah. left to be decided. But mm-hmm. It seems to me, just in our opening prologue, that Linkin Park never went through a growth. Like, they didn't get better or worse. They would just change uh... as, like, the world changed around them. They, so... Uh, so I am going to be a bit of the Simon. We're referencing Simon Cowell for those of you who don't understand why we keep saying that in our music reviews. It's going to be a hard one because I think these guys are like one of the tightest bands that's ever existed. But, oh, they're uber talented. It's ridiculous. That, yeah, the this, whole band. This episode was hard for me. Even though Linkin Park is such a mind-blowing band, they've put out some real duds for me. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of songs that I would throw in the trash and be like, nope, try again. That's not going on the album. Which is sad because there was like a recent interview where they were talking about how Chester was disappointed after the last album came out and he was getting all these negative feedback. And I, I he feel had a bad. real hard time with that. I feel bad for the dude, but at the same time, they set themselves up for that. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sure that was a group decision. It's not like he was like, hey, guys, let's make a pop-oriented record. I I think that was a group decision. You go from being one of the greatest rock bands of all time to being the Chainsmokers. That's And you expect your fans to be on board with that? Anyway, we'll get to that album eventually. But let's start with their monster debut album, Hybrid Theory, which was released on October 24th of 2000. And it is certified diamond, and it sold 4.8 million copies in its first year. Woo! 4.8 in its first year? What is life? It is the best-selling album of 2001. It won them their first Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance for the song Crawling. Yes. They were also nominated for Best New Artist and Best Rock Album, and it is in the RIAA Top 100 Albums. So who beat them for best new artist? I want to see them. If it wasn't Thousand Foot Crutch, then I'm throwing fists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can look that up. Actually, TFK put out their first album like three or four years before then, which is funny because Linkin Park was a huge influence on them. And TFK is like my second favorite band of all time. There's a lot of Linkin Park influence on TFK, even though they were actually kind of doing Linkin Park before Linkin Park was. A little bit. This album has influenced pretty much everybody that we listen to, so in some shape or form, whether you're into the genre of new metal or not. This album came out when I was six, and it's still a huge influence to me, even though I wasn't listening to this music at six. Yeah, Linkin Park is probably <laughs> one of my like top ten most listened bands of all time. Here's the track listing. We're going to do something different than we normally do. We're going to go song by song, and we're each going to give some feedback, I guess, is how we're going to do this. Yay! 
Yeah. So, the first song that anybody ever heard, if you didn't listen to the singles from this album, the first song you ever hear from Linkin Park is this little doozy called Paper Cut. Banger. So, my notes say <laughs> new metal template and record scratching. Exclamation point. <laughs> this song is real groovy for me. It is. It's got that, that riff, that bass line, the record scratching. It's like, what? There's like hip-hop and metal now? Yeah. Craziness. I mean, I guess Korn's been doing this kind of thing forever, but... Yeah, but Linkin Park's actually good, so... <laughs> no, no, dis- no disrespect to Korn. I have mad respect for what they do, but... I think they're really cool as people. If I could pick a band to listen to, I would pick Linkin Park every time. Yeah, Paper Cut. Opening song on Hybrid Theory. Any other notes on that one? Just one as we go into it, I guess, is that I had never actually heard Hybrid Theory all the way through until we did this. Ooh. Because even though I think Linkin Park is one of the best, best, one of the best bands of all time, the least bands. I've never been like a hardcore fan. I like know all of their hits and everything, but I've never which liked... is which is surprising because you like electronic music and you like rap, sort of. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into it more in later albums, but believe it or not, I think the way Linkin Park does it is kind of subpar. Oh my god! Can but, uh, can we just like kick him in the <laughs> ass or something? Like no, he's important oh to the god. dynamic of the group. It's a weird time to be the Simon of the group because when you were doing all those rankings and it's like they were the number three, and I just kept going, "Who was the first two? Like I really do think that they kind of. Any success Linkin Park has is so deserved. Song number two on Hybrid Theory, One Step Closer. Spastic Chorus, New Metal. Exclamation points. <laughs> Dope intro. Used to know all the words. Don't know all the words anymore. <laughs> That's a bummer. I will, uh, once we rank, you'll, you'll see how I feel about this song. Song number three, With You. This song is one of the bottom tier ones on the album for me. Agreed. Points of Authority. The first time we actually hear Linkin Park get some kind of DJ madness going on. I said, dang, sounds like... Oh, wait, that's Moss to a Flame. Vocally different, but that's about it. (laughs) So when when I started listening to Points of Authority, for some reason my music switched to Apple Music, and I had a Moss... To a flame song playing, and I can't remember which one it was, but I was like, dang, this sounds like straight up metalcore. <laughs> song number five, Crawling, which they won their first Grammy for. Crawling in my skin. I don't know, Crawling is just such a mature song as far as like just musicianship goes. I couldn't believe it was off their first album. Like, this album is just so freaking ahead of itself. The next song on the album is called Runaway. I like that song. That's a good workout track for me. I said Screamo. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Montano's face. This is how this song makes me feel. What's your feeling about Runaway, Polar Bear? Screamo. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You You guys are already adding me for nothing. (laughs) <laughs> don't at me <laughs> the next song I feel like is even more metal the song by myself mm. myself yeah <laughs> I can't do I can't do it like he can but 
Nobody can. Nobody. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was my note, by the way. It was just myself in all caps with a lot of E's and exclamation points. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know, dude. This is like one of my all-time favorite Linkin Park songs. Yeah. This song might be the gateway drug that gets everybody to metal. It makes me want generation. to put my head through a wall. I think they're, they're like the gateway drug. Definitely. At least the first two albums. They take you by the hand and walk you right into it. Next thing you know, you're listening to a whole day of Chelsea Grin. <laughs> and you feel numb. <laughs> yep. Ooh, nice transition. That was good. That hey. was a good one. <laughs> the next song is probably their biggest, well-known song, which is kind of depressing because... I don't even have it in my top three on this album. Ooh, wow. That's interesting. Wow, I'm excited to hear your top three now. I love this song, but it's not top three. I'm not excited to tell you my top three because it's basic. Well, my album all rankings the, are going to be very disappointing. All, this, all the sequels. But the song, in the end, is the next song. First Linkin Park song I ever heard, and it was on a Bionicle music video that some kid had made on YouTube. <laughs> And then it was for the Bionicle movie, so one of the characters in the movie dies, and then the other character's like carrying him, and they had that during the bridge where he's like, I put my trust in you, and all that, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so good. That's another thing this band does really well, is they know how to brand themselves. They do so much, like, collaborating. They were, like, the music behind Transformers. It's ridiculous. Yeah, isn't that? And they are far and away. The best part of Transformers. Yeah. They would not have been as successful a movie as they were with Linkin Park. No. Love it or hate it. When you start hearing the Linkin Park at the end of Transformers, you kind of go, dang, that is kick-ass. The next song on the album is A Place for My Head. How do we feel about this one? Good change of pace. That bridge, three exclamation points. Face that does this. With the two hands on it and the white eyes. <laughs> oh, he's on a run today. <laughs> what do you got, Polar Bear? How do you feel about this one? Honorable mention for me. Details. Yeah, I don't think this is one of my favorite songs on the album. But it's still it's still a quality song. It made me air guitar, and that's always a good yeah. thing. It kind of it kind of feels like it's the start of the wind down of the album. Like, mm-hmm. we're coming off the hill. Which is funny, because then you get to the next song, and you're like, uh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this album would not be forgotten, which is the title of the next song. <laughs> New Metal! I, lo- I love this song. That's, that's my note. From the top to the bottom. From the there bottom. you go. Yeah. yeah. This one was definitely a contender for my top three. But in the end, it, oh, I didn't even mean to do that one. <laughs> in the yeah, end, it didn't just, make it. matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so easy. <laughs> uh, Polar Bear, how do you feel about this one? Not my top three, but I, don't, I never skip it. So. Mm. I feel like Polar Bear is the basic white girl on this album. I oh, already know what his top three are. I am wearing my Daisy Dukes with my Uggs. Well... <laughs> If he's picking uh, the songs I think he's picking, they really are just so good. I It is. I am picking the songs you think I'm picking. Do you guys have any cream? Because I got these bug bites and I really need a cure for the itch. Ah, uh, Blitzbear needs some ointment. Because <laughs> <laughs> he tastes delicious. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm very sweet. He needs some sweet cream for those 
sweet and spicy. Uh, hey, you could say it's a cure for your itch. Zesty. Oops, I, I just did. I said yeah. I need a cure Next for song the on itch. the album, which is probably it's it's a good transition song, actually. It showcases the talented styles of Mr. Johan. For my note, I said DJ spin that ish from uh, Eight Mile, except they don't say ish. Uh, <laughs> but does it gent? No, it doesn't gent. But it is it a fun does song. It's not gent. I don't know the words to this song, so still on the lowish end of my list, but oh, yeah. ugh, it brought back so, much, so many memories. Brought back like Scene said, Sam it, it, when it, he had hair down to his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's just there, it's a transitional song. It like sets up the end of the Back album. Back when he thought he had problems. <laughs> now, little did he know. <laughs> uh, now he, has, just keep... now <laughs> he has serious problems, but you know, better equipped to deal with them, I suppose. All right, this song's pushing me away. Let's continue. Last song on the album, Pushing Me Away. How do we feel about this one? Pushing Me Away, I said Newer School Linkin Park because it sounds like what their music would eventually become. Yeah, I think they made this whole album just to play that song. Be See, like, if I ha- this is where we're <laughs> <Yeah>. going. <laughs> if, I, okay. if, I hadn't, if I hadn't been five years old when this album came out, I probably would have realized, like, this song is different. This is what this band is going to be capable of. Oh, nice. Dang, you were listening <laughs> to this when you were five? It came out in 2000. Oh, yeah. This was like, oh, this yeah. al- this, their first two albums are, have sentimental value up the wazoo for me because wow. my dad used to have Shoot. a big old speaker system Shoot, in, his ha- in our house. And like during dinner, he'd just be blasting oh. Hybrid Theory and Meteora on repeat. That's so cool. Nice. That and the greatest hits of Motley Crue and a couple Sticks albums and maybe the Scorpions here and there. But I didn't start playing with my uncles until I was 12. So The first time I heard Linkin Park, I was in middle school. I know that, that long because my friend Levi is the one who showed me Breaking the Habit because he liked Oof. the music video. And then mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them a listen. And then I did. I was never the same. My top three, if you want me to go first, for Hybrid Theory. Oh, yeah, let's do that. All right, number three for me, Paper Cut. My number three is, I don't even know because it was so hard to choose, One Step Closer. It was it was paper cut and then it was place for my head and then it was it was crawling it, and then I just eventually said nope one step closer. My number three is in the end. Basic white girl. I knew Doesn't he was gonna do matter. this. Daisy Dukes <laughs> and Uggs. Let me just throw on a wide flat brimmed hat made of felt. My number two on this album is the one that's gonna be out of place. Quite literally, a place for my head is my number two. Okay. I mean, it's an honorable mention for me. My number two is myself. That's selfish. Myself. My number two, paper cut. Nice. I'll allow it. It's a good one. (laughs) My number one. It has the name one in the title. One Step Closer is my number one. And I'm about to break. (laughs) So good. So this album is just so This was impossible. To be honest, any of these songs. I I also kind of chose the hits as kind of a cop out, like don't make me choose. But yeah, that's fair. (laughs) See, and that's gonna be that's the funny thing with this band. Like the first three or four albums, that's gonna be the problem, and then like the last couple, you're just like, dang, I had a hard time just picking three. That's (laughs) yeah, fair. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I was trying to defend Uh, them the whole way, but yeah, I, I had a hard time with the last couple albums. Polar Bear, what's your number one? Crawling. 
Okay. You. If you, oh, if you I'm thought done. he was, I'm done. if you thought he was basic for picking in the end as his number three, imagine what you're gonna say when I picked it as my number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the first Lincoln Park song I heard, and welcome shit, to Basic Island. I've never gotten tired of it. It is. I've never skipped it once. What does Meteora mean? Is that? Let me. Fl- yeah, I have an explanation. Oh, good. I originally thought that it was a type of graffiti art because the, if you look at, if you actually get mm. the physical album, there's like pictures of dudes in gas masks spray painting stuff. It's I thought that's what that was so a type metal. of art, but it turns out it was named after a rocky region in Greece. All right. Well, this is a rocky band. Neat. Meteora was released in March of 2003. It sold 800,000 copies in its first week. Nice. And by October of the same year, it had sold nearly 3 million copies. It was the third best-selling album of 2003 in the United States. The track listing for the, this album is weird because they have weird transitional songs in between a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going to graze over those. I don't have any notes on those because I'm just like, there are instrumental pieces to set up the song. I have notes on all. I'm comfortable with that. All right. So the first song, the kickoff, the Linkin Park sophomore album, which they did not slump on. Thank Lord. Forward. Unto Dawn. At least they didn't go backward. Rainy. It's the note I made. I don't re- actually remember. Yeah, because there is a lot of water effects in Johan and Mike Shinoda's composition of the piece. But it is literally there to set up the song, the intro to the song Don't Stay, which is number two. It is a banger. I said, round two, here we go! <laughs> <laughs> He's still excited at this point. Yeah. It's the only song on the album that I think could be behind. Forward, good start. It's a great kickoff. And yeah, I... I liked the I liked the intro to this album. All right, so song number three on Meteora is the first Linkin Park song that really spoke to Somewhere me. Somewhere I belong. I wanna heal. I wanna feel. Yeah, that whole doozy. Um, but yeah, Somewhere I Belong, the first song that uh, really like t- spoke to me from this band that it's, I could like comprehend. It's just classic. Timeless masterpiece. The next song is Lying From You. Good and hard, but for some reason, XM Octane overplayed it this year. I don't know what happened, but they just would not stop playing it. It's because that riff is so epic. That guitar riff in that song is so epic. But they would play it like like several times every day, and it's like, what? Linkin Park has other songs. Let's let's talk about Hit The Floor. This, this is a good song, too. That, that's all I have for this one. Slap to the face. This was like the first like a Park song I heard with like legit screaming in it. And I didn't know that they did that. Easier to Run is the next song on the album. I, li- I like this one. It hits me in the feels. It's a good little breather. Kind of like resets you after the slap to the face that is hit before. I just, I just need a ballad. A little anthem. Mr. Polar Bear, how do you feel about... I realize it's not easy for you to run, but... Uh... Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't like to run, so I'm not sure it's easier for me. Well, you used to wear, like, 200-pound vests when you would do yeah, it, so no wonder. I, I used to be good at and like running, and then I hurt myself. He said, used to this could. Is, this is dumb. I should have stopped that. I ran to my mailbox today, and I realized... <laughs> Instant regret. It was I like eating like, the bomb. <laughs> I, I, have, I, like, put on a COVID-20, so... <laughs> I need to run a little bit more. 
The next song on the album, I believe it was a single. It's been covered numerous times. I like the Memphis Mayfire cover and the Hallocene yeah, cover. They did do a cover of that. The song is called Faint. Symphonic new metal. It's an enjoyable listen. The next song on the album is Figure Point Zero Nine. I like the lyrics, and it's a good old-fashioned Linkin Park song. I honestly cannot remember how it goes. This is the dud for me on this album. I I remembered it fondly. It's not anywhere near my top three. <laughs> nope. I'm totally blanking on it, so next. <laughs> All right. The next song, the probably the Linkin Park, one of the, it's probably the Linkin Park song that speaks to me the most, because if you didn't know, I battle an eating disorder on the daily. It's like life. That's a hard disorder so, to have. It is, because drugs and stuff you can kick. You don't I need mean, them. I mean, it's hard. It, you don't need them. But food you need. It's just a matter of controlling it like anything. Breaking the habit. I know I, I, I know how you feel, man. I have a caffeine disorder, and you need that, oh, I have too, that. So. I, have, I have that, too. I'm just kidding. Everyone has one. It's just people. a lot of people are like, no, I don't. I, don't. I just have a coffee, one coffee a day or whatever. As he sips on some hot tea. Oh, no. I, I recognize that I have a problem that I'm comfortable with. Up until recently, I was drinking like four or five monsters a day. So at that yeah, point, that's not healthy. when your caffeine addiction is like causing you like hundreds of dollars a month and you're hallucinating throughout the day. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. You need to switch to some regular coffee, dude. Like, Jesus. No, I just cut it all out completely. I was there the a day when he decided to drink a monster and a day when he said, I'm done with monster. For your movie review, you said... I'm drinking this because oh, I'm can. so tired. And the next day you're like, okay, I'm done with caffeine. Yep. <laughs> nice. I do that often. It's not like <laughs> I've, uh, I've quit it and hit it many times. I've, I've relapsed a few times. <laughs> but, uh, and it is a problem that he has to fight from the inside. You can't help him. So, yes, the next song on the album, From the Inside. <laughs> also, Breaking the Habit is really good. <laughs> Breaking the Habit is really good. Breaking um, the Habit, first Linkin Park song ever. Wait, what? That was my For first. Him. That's the oh. first song I heard from them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yes, that's right. So, yes, From the Inside, the next song. Also good. I, I wrote Lighter Fluid in song form, and I don't remember what that means. <laughs> lighter Fluid? <laughs> I think it means it's, it's a party starter. I guess. This one is one of their slower songs in this album. I know. It's definitely I know a mood. It's a mood. It's definitely a mood song. Which Maybe because is... it's like putting kerosene on the fire for you. You know why I said that? It's because it's like a hard song, but it's also really melodic. So it would be a good one for like at a yeah, concert yeah, yeah, when yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah. puts their lighters in the air. All right. So oh, uh, lighter. I got it. The song nobody's listening. This is my honorable mention for this album. Mine too. It, yeah. It's a bump. It is, and it's got some weird, like, Asian-inspired bamboo drum kick thing going on in there somewhere. It bumps. I like that description of it. It's accurate. It, it does. You can, it, you, it's got this weird wood sound. Let me tell you. are knocking around. Panda bear noses bamboo. <laughs> just oh that should be some merch you know how they have the cats with the hand it should just be a panda bear like a nutcracker with bamboo that's not a bad idea i love that i would wear that <laughs> cultural appropriation i think yes well all and right. it's totally inappropriate because i'm totally not asian at all so session scratchy session 
Yeah, it's 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 a transition song. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Yep. Not numb. Yeah. Oh, numb, numb is it's just it's a single. I it comes so numb. So I I, I, yeah. I also didn't know numb was this early in their career, and I think it's just the maturity of the musicianship just blows me away. It is. I actually like their uh, they did a reworked version where they had Jay Z collab, and it was called Numb Encore. Look that up. I think I've heard it's, it. I've definitely it, it, heard it, but I don't remember. I, per- I prefer that one. Oh, I don't like it as much as the original. So my top three for Meteora, my number three is Lying From You. My third place is Breaking the Habit. Ouch. Mm. My number three is obviously Session. <laughs> Just kidding. I know he's joking. It's, I know he's joking. <laughs> I was going to, you, you held the, your serious face for so long. Uh, my number three is Faint. Oh, good one. Okay. My number two is Breaking the Habit. My number two is... No. That, hey, not not if you're doing a number two. What is your number two? Oh, oh still no. <laughs> my number two is Somewhere I Belong. Oh. Okay, hey. dude. I'm like questioning all my choices now. <laughs> my number one is Somewhere I Belong so classic i don't know i almost want to change my number <laughs> nope, three. no no backsies um, anyway <laughs> my number one because it's the lincoln park song i listen to the most on a regular basis it's been in several of my hard rock and metal playlists it hit the floor nice that's that's surprising yeah it's it it's not an obvious choice by any means i don't think it's like the best song on the album but it just scratches that itch for me i feel that my uh, my number one is Breaking the Habit. Let's talk about Minutes to Midnight, which is a reference to the Doomsday Clock, actually. Oh, that's where that name oh, comes from. Oh, that's a cool name. I'm going to get crucified on this album. I've given... Oh, I'm going to hurt you. Oh, you already... You're triggering bad things here. So Minutes is hard to spell, I found out, trying to <laughs> write these notes. <laughs> I could not figure it out. Minutes of Midnight sold 625,000 copies in its first week, which was less than Hybrid Theory and Meteora by quite a bit. It did take the top spot on the Billboard charts in its first week, though. And it spawned their first collaboration with the Transformers movie franchise with the song What I've Done. So it, that, yeah. it started that whole train rolling. Nice. I'm going to say most of my problem with this album comes from the layout of the album and mm-hmm. from the song's that were included not so much the songs themselves a lot of my favorite bands my least favorite albums from them don't have any songs that i hate on the album or even that i dislike it's just i don't like the album as a whole here's why i think you think this it starts off hard it does with giving up and then it goes to leave out all the rest which slows it down then it goes back up to bleed it out slows it down again then you have the epic what i've done and then the rest of it is a bit slower, except for maybe No More Sorrow. So... I think there's too many slow songs, and they're, the the album doesn't have a natural ebb and flow to it. It just is all over the place with its vibe. I would say if this was if they had an experimental album, it would be this, but it's not this one. They've had way no. more experimental than yeah, this. So... I just think, I don't know who put the, the track listing together. I, I think they did the album a huge disservice. It starts with an instrumental intro that goes into the banger 
of a second song. The first, the instrumental song is called Wake. It's it sounds good, like the intro to a tone. concert. It, it sets a tone. When I hear it, I see a ton of people standing in a room, and like it's when all the lights go down, and everyone mm-hmm. gets out their phones. <laughs> and I then it goes straight into what I've done. Or at, least up. Come it, on. at least it did when I had it on shuffle and I was like, dang, that was smooth. And then I realized, <laughs> I was like, wait, what I've done this soon on the album? And then I looked and I had it on shuffle. And so I went, started it from the beginning of the week again. And uh, it doesn't go right into giving up. It like kills the vibe of wake and starts a new vibe. And I hate that. Montana, you have any thoughts on wake? I think it's a good intro song. I mean, there's nothing else really to say about it. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the song that it supposedly sets up, because I agree with Blitz on that it doesn't really flow that well. Oh, no, I don't think it flows well at all. I just think it's a good, like, it's a, it's a good mood song. Giving Up kills the mood. I don't know. Giving Up is probably the hardest song on the album. But yeah. it, it definitely is, and I feel like the lyrics don't. It's kind of a bit more upbeat, and the lyrics are, like, some of the most gut-wrenching ones they've written and i don't like the juxtaposition at all upbeat i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's up upbeat in the sense that it's like a happier song it's not it's it's definitely not it's a fast song though i think it sounds like a poppy bouncy song to me and then you got these lyrics about giving up i don't i don't hear that hmm I want to hear that, but I don't hear that. Yeah. No, no, you don't. It ruins the whole song. <laughs> if there's one thing I can critique about this album that is negative is that it is very... It's a depressing-ass album. I'm just going to be straight oh up. Oh, my gosh, dude. This it album. is horribly depressing. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, more, we'll get into it more, but this album put me in a bad way. I love this album, but that's because I interpret it different than... Yeah. I don't take well, it from, oh, just, my God, this is terrible. Just knowing where Chester went with it and how much it reminds me of my own life. If you've ever listened to the show before, I, I've uh, struggled with depression pretty bad for the last few years. When I decided we were doing Linkin Park, I was kind of nervous about it because I'm like, I don't know. I know how like th- music affects you. And like, yeah, you've been, you've been in dark places that are similar. So I'm like, dude, this could be dangerous. You know, this, this album was dangerous for me. Polar Bear says this every time we talk about this, but do not self-medicate because like one of Chester's friends, Jonathan Davis of Corn, said, he's like, dude, when you're feeling that way and you get a little liquid courage in you, it really kind of helps you get rid of some of your inhibitions and rationality and it helps you pull the trigger that much easier. Leave Out All the Rest is number three. If there were a positive song on this album, I think it would be this one. Hmm. Eerie, amazing, too soon in the album for a ballad, <laughs> is what my notes say. But Leave Out All the Rest was almost in my top three. Actually, I think it's a great placement for this song because I don't think it would fit anywhere else because after what I've done, everything is just slower. To- Although, if they move No More Sorrow up to the top, it might make more sense. Hmm. I like this song. This was, I think it was a little bit overplayed on radio, but I like this song. I never heard it on the radio, so it's just still incredible for me. Yeah, I love it. Me neither, but I really like I like the I like the lyrics a lot. Yeah, they're good. I feel it. I think it's well, interesting I, what I Panda said. It's, it's one of the most positive songs on the album by far. 
And I can relate to it more now that I'm struggling to get a career going. Like the line, I've taken my beating, I've shared what I made. I'm strong on the surface, but not all the way through. Like, Mm. that's just, I'm like, wow, I totally get that now. It's an anthem. It is. Speaking of anthems, let's talk about the next song, Bleed It Out. Well, here we go for the hundredth time. Hand grenade pins in every line. Throw them up and let something shine. It's awesome with Travis Barker. Yes. That was a thing that happened. Yeah. 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 He oh, nice. did a show with them. And uh, oh yeah, was that the tribute show to Chester? Because I know he was involved in that. I think it. I think it might have been. Bleed it out. If there were, if I could ever say there was a banger on this album, it'd probably be bleed it out. Mm-hmm. But not for the same reasons that you have on Hybrid Theory and Meteora. It's because Mike Shinoda does a little bit of hard, like hard style, for lack of a better term, yeah. rapping in this song. This is yeah. very much a little more Fort Minor than it is Linkin Park. Fort Minor, mm-hmm. Mike Shinoda's side project. Now that you brought that up, that's a good segue. Love Fort Minor. <laughs> Did not know about that. Oh, Look dude, it check out Fort I've never, Minor. I've never actually it. listened to it because I'm like not about the whole rap thing, but yeah. Cool. Yeah, Fort Minor. Who knew? Apparently, everyone did. <laughs> Chester did a side project called Dead by Sunrise. Check that out if you're really into mood music. That's like a real good one. Mm. I was supposed to for this thing. You, you still I should. It's really, it, it's really good. It, I definitely will, yeah. I promise I'm that not. you both have heard Remember the Name by Fort Minor. And if not, then it'll be a good listen for you. Cool. I'm, I'm nice. excited. Shadow Next of the song, Day. Yeah, which was my number one song on this album for a long time. That has since changed. but I like uh, the uh, that opening sort of reverse music playing thing that happens. I like it because it's bass heavy. There's not like a lot of noticeable bass on this album, but the, this part... Mm. It, and it's it's not like a normal bass line. It's like a mood bass line. It's like, sure. wow, this is gonna, this is going to be something like heavy yeah it sounds a lot like with or without you by you two i feel that there's a heavy YouTube yeah vibe here. it does have it does have a lot of that actually yeah which is a good song as well i i do i dislike you too but yes that is a good song yeah it's not a bad thing now we're going to talk about the trans the original transformer song <laughs> what i've done just the intro keyboard to this song is awesome yeah, you're just like it's. This is building to something epic, isn't it? The intro, <laughs> the intro drum beat is. I think it's really fun. It's not technically difficult, but I think it's a really cool. It's it fits the song super well. If you can listen to it without making a face or like bopping your head, you might be dead. That's the thing that bothers me about this album. I think this is when they began to transition from the standard drums to the electronic drums, and I don't mm. think the electronic drums sound as full. No. So. No. Oh, it's it's an incredible song it's even better when it's <laughs> the follow-up to the wake <laughs> listen to them back to back they actually flow into each other really well i believe that next song hands held high this is a weird one for me george um, w bush this track i i this is probably some of mike shinoda's best rapping and it's not like it's a technical advanced rap or anything he doesn't he's not the moody guy in the band that's usually chester but this song he's got all kinds of mood going on he has so much mood and the beat's awesome 
He's the delivery's great. I really don't care for what he has to say. But I don't know. That's that's politics. I don't really feel like getting into it. True. It's a good mood song. It's mm-hmm. kind of a political anthem, but meh. Yeah, I never looked at it from the political aspect. I kind of dude. Yeah, next time you listen, next time you listen to it, it's like that's all it is. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to. Ignore. No, I mean I know that's what it is, but I try to like not even think about it's ironic. Anything in times it like this, me. you pray, but a bomb blew the mosque up yesterday. Right, but I I was never offended by the lyrics of this song, so I don't. Uh, know. It's not offensive. I'll to, it's just I'll have to listen to it again. They, I think it's they just, have a very specific message. Yeah. I don't want to say it's oversimplistic because it's really not. Like, the stuff that they're saying, they, they're they making good points. It's just I don't agree with the overall conclusion. Hmm. All right, moving on. No More Sorrow. No Should more. have been the album opener. No agreed I think this is the weirdest place to put this song I would have switched these, this and given up for sure that way you still have that high paced song towards the end of the album <laughs> it's honestly very slow uh, I would have just put No More Sorrow before giving up and left the rest let the rest just take you there that's an interesting choice my note on this one song. was it's the last metal song it is that Lincoln Park is done. That's fair. Valentine's Day. Ooh, heavy. That that, is, that one that one that one, hurt, that one cuts me real deep. This is the song that really threw me into a tailspin. Like it was bad. It took me a few days to get out of it. And like I went on vacation with my family, and we were walking around Jerome, Arizona, which is an awesome place. And my mom was just like, "Oh no." She's like, comes up to me and she's like, you're spiraling, huh? And I was like, I cannot pull myself out of it. But eventually my sister and brother-in-law made me laugh and we had some barbecue and I was able to kind of keep swimming. So barbecue, the answer to the world's problems. <laughs> it's not, you know, if you can get someone to make you laugh while you're eating barbecue, it's, it's better than Zoloft, man. Fortunately, this episode's already too long to get into it, but I have a story about Valentine's Day. I just wanted to give my friend flowers and I got cookie blocked by by two of my friends. <laughs> cookie block. They just wouldn't give me the key that anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, I just wanted anyway. to get my friend flowers. Anyway, moving on, his friends got in between him and somebody. Yes. The next song is called In Between. <laughs> Emo, nice transition. I like it. <laughs> yeah, super emo. It's an honest song too. I like the lyrics are like very And honestly the first line of this song totally applies to Nate's situation. It just starts with let me apologize to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. almost feel the eyeliner being attracted to my face. <laughs> with the opening this this run of three songs here i was pissed off from hands held high even though it's a super good song and then i get to valentine's day and now i'm pissed off and sad and then in between it's like now i'm pissed off and sad and and sadder and guilt and feeling guilty it's just oh and it only goes downhill from here because the next song is just as bad and now i'm angry again because in pieces is is also about how i feel yeah i won't be listening to this album 
anytime soon. Yeah, it's really as a whole. It's really heavy on the back end of this album. Dude, it gets it, I mean, it starts off pretty heavy with giving up and then it, you know, you get to this this album is depressing. <laughs> Which really is. is why when Chester pulled the, I guess, the literal trigger, I thought back to this album and I'm like, why are we all so surprised? Like, It's a cry for help, almost. It is. It's, it's, I, I literally cried the first time I heard this album after he died. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god. If um, I hadn't been like at work, I feel like I would have cried listening to this album. And the last song on Minutes to Midnight, The Little Things Give You Away, which for some context, they wrote this about the devastation caused by Hurricane Katrina. So, Oh, another George Bush, this track. I'm guessing if it's about Katrina. It is, but it, I don't think it has, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have anything political behind it. It's just about how the victims weren't helped and all that stuff. And how they, they the feeling of being helpless, you know. Mm. I wrote good jam, but I'm pissed, and that's how I left this album. And good album, but I'm pissed, and the track and list it, uh, is garbage, or the arrangement, not the actual track list. So my top three for this album, my number three is Hands Held High. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> it's fine. It's a good song. I I don't I don't disagree with what they're saying. Yeah, that's fair. Like I said, they're they're not stupid people. I just don't agree with the conclusion. <laughs> so what's your number three, Blitz? No more sorrow. Little things give you away. I'm going to rank them right now. Oh, you did rank them. I did, okay. but I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> okay. I'm just, just shooting from the, the hip, making decisions. Dude, that's how, you, that's how you know. It gets away. It's not what you want your top three to be. It's what your top three is. Mm-hmm. My number two that used to be my number one is Shadow of the Day. I just, the, right in the feels, every time. That guitar dance. that guitar solo towards the end, oh man. It's a good like, one. I'm just, I just picture myself staring into the sunset, like, great mm-hmm. freaking guitar. Oh man, it's great. It's a good song. It's a feel-good song for it's me. It's one of my which, favorites on the album. It's funny that it's a feel-good song because it's totally not what it's supposed to be, but it is. <laughs> the number two for me is Valentine's Day. Wow. Same. It's just so good. Even though I love, it, I, I love that song. It's an honorable mention. I just I couldn't put my the message behind it is just so heavy for me. I couldn't put it in the top three. Dude, you know what what's a kicker about depression is that that kind of and this is the same thing with cutting and all those other things, is that pain is addictive. Like you want more of it. And Valentine's Day helps me get high, so Wow, that's a. Oof. All right, my number one is what I've done. Yep, me too. <laughs> uh, my number one is bleed it out. Interesting. Okay. That one I thought was going to be in my top three. But... Yeah, I like that song. It's not even an honorable mention because my other honorable mention was in between. I think mine would be bleed it out. No, you know what? Leave out the rest is my honorable mention. Yeah, leave out all the rest is good too. Again, I had a hard time. This one and hybrid theory were the hardest ones to rank for me. I did my best. I just winged it, shooting from the hip, figuring it out on the way. So the next album, A Thousand Suns, came out in September 14, 2010. The album reached number, I believe it's 53 on that year's Billboard 200. That's the only notes I have for it. So if we want to compare it to Trivium, for me, this is the Crusades of their albums. I don't know about that, but yeah, there's a lot going on here. 
This one was easier for me to rank. This is down there for me. So the Requiem, I don't... A lot of songs on here I don't remember. There's just a lot of throwaways on here for me. Cool Bring Me the Horizon vibe. Not as good as The Wake, though. I honestly have no strong emotion on anything in this album. The same. I mean, I think it's good they keep making songs, but I just don't think this was one of their greatest of all time. Second song, The Radiance. What? Is what I wrote. <laughs> Why is this song on here? It's just that, another that. intro. They like couldn't pick which intro they wanted to use, so they just put a second one there. <laughs> That's how a lot of people felt about this entire album. Because you go from minutes to midnight off the tail end of Meteora, and you get this. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they. This is where they ran out of energy. This is kind of like them. Try, I think they're trying to lean into their the emo phase that the, the world went into mm. now like when they perform some of these songs live they totally fit in with the rest mm. sure but i think as an album as a whole this is just mediocre it's just too many of the same kind of vibe on there's not enough variety on the album so song number three burning the skies uh not what? possible what? why is this the intro song i'm starting to see why people hate bring me the horizon what i wrote <laughs> which is funny because i'm like this could totally be, be a bring me in horizon I'm album and i would have never listened to it i'm kind of starting to see kind of why like it's if you were wanting something a little bit heavier and they keep giving you this crap it's kind of like, what? what is this album that's fair you could say the you could say this album leaves you with empty spaces to which, which i the next said song. okay whatever not a relevant <laughs> song to me. No no attachment. Next. <laughs> the next song, When They Come For Me. Funky beat, but that's like it. It's just, he only has like one way of rapping. And I don't know who these people are that make Mike feel so insecure. Like he's got to be the best hip hop MC ever, but he's not. <laughs> it's like, he's trying to rap like he's you know, Eminem or some OG. And I'm sorry, he's just not. He was awesome when he was rapping in the middle of a new metal rock song. Right. <laughs> it feels like all these, like, hardcore hip-hop lyrics are just very fronted to me. I just don't care about this album. I'd almost yeah. rather pretend it didn't exist and just move on. See? Okay, you guys were giving me crap at the beginning of this episode, and here's... This album is why. <laughs> yes, well, well no, because I, I thought, have I thought, to. <laughs> it's who I am at my I, core. Because I, I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to crap on Hybrid Theory and Meteora, and no. you were going to love the rest of these. Like, oh, I didn't I care. It. I just have to give you. I just have to give everyone a hard time about everything that's ever been said by them ever. I was about to call you Robot Boy because <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, oh, their EDM stuff is better, and I was about to slap you across the face. So, um, Robot Boy, when did yeah. this band become Simon and Garfunkel? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the only one who thought it was funny. <laughs> I wasn't sure how that joke was going to go over. Uh, zing! <laughs> Ow! Oh, God, that was, that, I did not see that coming. Oh, my good lord. Oh, I like the piano balladness to this song. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, it would be an incredible Simon Garfunkel song. 
<laughs> We're like oh, Simon Tanner, and Garfunkel, got... but more metal. Yeah, F Polar Bear, do you like it? You're just gonna stick with the Simon Garfunkel thing, aren't you? I just, I can't top that for an opinion about this, about anything. That's <laughs> okay. the greatest opinion I've <laughs> well, ever that's heard the about thing, a song is, ever. If there's any way to describe this album, it is meh. Yeah. Alright, the next song on the album or is Jornada del Muerto. Ooh, Again, good pronunciation. Like, like what? Also, don't need a song about death. It's Linkin Park. That's literally their whole thing. <laughs> it's it's a great outro or intro, whatever you want to call it, but it's too short to be its own track. It does not deserve its own name. Agreed. Yeah, I think it could have been tacked on half of it to the tail end of the song before and half of it to the beginning of the song after. It's a good transition, but it doesn't work on its own, and the other songs don't really work without it anyway, so yeah. I don't know. All right, moving on to a highlight of the album for me, Waiting for the End. Yeah, this is like, Aren't I thought I, I was about to throw my phone, and then this song came on, and I was like, oh, it's a little bit of Michael Fronte and Spearhead, but I like it. Oh, that's an interesting reference. <laughs> I've worked for them. They had us come and bow out with them at the end of the show. It was pretty sweet. Oh, that's fine. It's definitely the high point of the album, but it's a high point if... If the rest of the album was a graph, this is probably a <laughs> spike with maybe a smallish mountain at the middle-ish to the bottom. See, I'm going to disagree. I don't think this is the peak, but it's up there. This is the this is the climb. Oh, this is the climb for you? Oh, God, that song's terrible. Next song called what? Blackout. Really? I hate oh. that song. Oh, the climb? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Blackout. I also don't like Blackout, but really? it's not as bad as The Climb. Oh, man. I wrote, <laughs> oh, heck yeah. <laughs> Finally, something. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. Okay, so it's... if you haven't heard Blackout, it's like the most original Linkin Park song, or maybe song by anyone. It's more of like kind of an EDM song, but he like screams a lot of the song, and it's like very upbeat, but also kind of like angry, and I don't know. It's cool. I think Blackout's a good title. Like it. It sounds like a song that's gonna be heavy, and it doesn't, it doesn't let you down really. See, vocally. it's funny. Minutes of Midnight goes mm -hmm. from heavy to slow. This album goes from extremely slow to sort of, kind of heavy. Right. Yeah. It never really gets heavy, but this one was interesting. He like does this like playful, like kind of like singy scream thing, then just screams, and then at the end it gets really pretty. It's an interesting song. If you don't uh. like weirdness. It's a very weird song, for sure. If you don't like weirdness, don't listen to this album. <laughs> <laughs> but the next song, I love the title of this song. Wretches and Kings. I'm not sure how I really feel about the song, but I like the title. Wavy as fire. <laughs> as fire. It's wavy. I like it. Nice. Next song. I believe it has a, an appearance from Martin Luther King Jr. I believe it's either him or Malcolm X. Uh, it sounds like a preacher. Is it talking about peace or so is I'm it talking about uh, violence? Wisdom, Justice, and Love is the title. It's strange, but it's probably my favorite interlude they've done. Also, badass title. Mm. If nothing else, they make great titles on this one. 
Iridescent, which is also in a Transformers movie. I totally forgot it was, but it it's is. It's in Transformers 3, yeah. Yeah. I like I like this song. I like the Iridescent. I like Iridescent a lot. It's probably my number one off this album. It's so much heavier lyrically or just like feels-wise than I remember. At the end of this album, this song just sounds so good. The next song, Fallout. Okay, whatever. Same. <laughs> it's, it's like, why? Once again. It's kind of how I feel about this. I'm like, this album is a bunch of intro songs. Like, what is interludes. it, like 60 seconds and there's no lyrics or anything? It's just like a swell and then it's over. Once again, I like the title. <laughs> <laughs> it leads into the catalyst. Pretty good ballad jam. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a slow jam for sure. But like... Heavy slow jam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's to- it's totally not a bro song. I was just <laughs> No. A bro song. Uh, <laughs> unless you're unless you're like stoned hippie. It's 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 it's, it, it's not hate breed. No. No, uh, not not bro tanks, more like bro dreads. Yeah. Bro, 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 dreads and pass the joint, bro. Bro, joints. Uh, the catalyst. Yeah, I'm feeling. I'm catalyzed. <laughs> I can feel the catalyst in my nuggets. Oh, gross! That's weird because it's in your mouth. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> well, just send the messenger. I'll get my point across. The last song. Oh, he got one. Yay. Hey. <laughs> the last song on the album, The Messenger. Most people's favorite ABR album. Yes. Fair. True. Those messengers, but whatever. I meh. tried to be I tried to be creative. My whole thing with this album is meh. Yeah. The messenger doesn't end as strong as I think this album needed to end. I think it goes out with a whimper, which is how this album plotted along, and I'm okay with it. I like the after party. Like, it sounds like after they tore down the show and they weren't quite ready to go yet. And I like that. Like, it sounds like it was recorded in a green room somewhere, maybe. This album went quietly into the night. (laughs) Yep. I don't hate it. Shall we do top three, boys? My number three is The Catalyst. Oh. Pass the marijuana. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a pretty great ballady jam. It's one of the few songs I had something positive to say about. Wretches and Kings? Is number three? Yeah. That's okay. my number, Montana? That's my number three, too. Okay. Oh, nice. My it. number two, Waiting for the End. Yeah. M- mine, too. My number two is Blackout. Nice. Okay. My number one is Blackout. My number one is Wretches and Kings. <laughs> Those are my, the three best songs. My it's number decided. one is Iridescent. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that was my honorable mention. That could have been inserted anyway. Yeah, so those four songs, they're all one right after the other except for Wisdom and Justice. But that's A Thousand Suns, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a Thousand <laughs> Suns, we're four albums in. This has been Bear Attack. Follow us on social medias, etc. Donate to us on Anchor. I'm Panda Bear. That's Polar Bear. That's Blitz Bear. And stay tuned for part two of our Lincoln Park Spotlight. Bye! Well, if it weren't for newspaper, I wouldn't have fire starters. I wouldn't have toilet paper. Oh! Corona 2020.